All right, what's up everybody? Eden Church, Happy New Year. It's so, so good to be here with you today. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Daniel, I'm part of the team here at Eden Church, and we are all about helping people take a next step with Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I love the beginning of a new year. It feels like there is just so much opportunity in the air. I feel like uh, there's many opportunities to create new habits to become the type of person that we wanna become. I feel like I come in oftentimes with a fresh sense of vision, and I feel like this year there's just a lot of anticipation about what this year is going to bring and what God is gonna do through this church. And as we step into this new year, I wanna cast a little bit of vision for a new type of life. And so to do that, we're gonna be looking in the New Testament where it talks about the life of Jesus in the early community of faith known as the church. And we're gonna be looking at one of the many biographies about Jesus' life written by a guy named John. He records this encounter that Jesus has with this religious leader who wanted to draw closer to God and Jesus is about to tell him how. So let's look at John chapter three, verses one and two. It says that there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee, which was a conservative sect of spiritual leaders, religious leaders in the ancient world. And they weren't bad people. They were just part of this religious tradition whose culture was so structured and so programmed that you could fake your faith by checking all the right boxes on the list. Church on Sunday, yep. Sunday school or small group, yep. Uh, gave a little, read a little, pray a little, sing a little, check, 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 right? You could do all the right things, but still not be connected to God. And, and that's what was so interesting about this environment is that it was possible to move through the ranks of faith without ever really experiencing internal heart transformation. And then you have Jesus, who was this new revival preacher in town. And everyone started following him on Instagram. He became like this sensation. And as much as someone from Nicodemus's tradition would have loved to discount the work that Jesus was doing, all the miracles that Jesus was performing were undeniable. And so he wanted to meet the man himself. And he set up this secret meeting under the darkness of the night so that no one would know that he was reaching out to Jesus. And we all know that God has sent you to teach us. This is what he tells, Nicodemus, this is what Nicodemus tells Jesus. He says, the miraculous signs that you're doing is evidence that God is with you. And this would have been equivalent to a political leader telling someone on one side of the aisle that, the, uh, uh, that their opponent on the other side of the aisle was a better person for the job. That doesn't happen. And so it seems like Nicodemus could see a depth about who Jesus was. We can see that God is with you. We know that God has sent you. And he was confident about his assessment of spiritual things. Look at how Jesus responds in verse three. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was so confident about his observations, and Jesus basically says that you don't have the eyes to actually see the kingdom of God at work in your world. 
Unless you are born again, you can't see what is really happening. Unless you are born again, you cannot sense spiritual moments that you're in. You don't have the eyes or the heart to sense those things that are happening around you. And look at Nicodemus' response in John chapter 3, verse 4. He says, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? So based on Nicodemus' response, we know that he took Jesus' statement literally. And that's not what Jesus meant. And so he gives him a little bit more clarity in verse 5. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Jesus is saying that there is a physical birth that allows you to see physical things, but there is a spiritual birth that gives you the eyes and the mind and the heart to sense spiritual things. When I first came to faith, I started to see the world a little bit differently. My suffering wasn't just suffering, but I could sense that God was at work in me through my suffering. But what I knew was true is that without my faith, suffering was literally just this thing that felt like pain, but it had no purpose. And to me, it was interesting that after all the years of training in religious things that Nicodemus had in his education, he still didn't understand that there was more to faith than the physical or the liturgical or the ceremony or the tradition. Being born again was about awakening to a brand new life. And I think that the process of getting close to God happens for us the way that it happened for Nicodemus. It begins with disillusionment. The way that he was doing life was not producing for him what he thought it would. And he, his recognition of that only happened when he saw how different Jesus' faith was compared to his own. Now comparing isn't really helpful in most scenarios, but learning how to do life better from others with, with, that have wisdom is just a great way to grow in your faith. Have you ever looked at someone else's life and noticed the joy they had, the confidence they had, or even like the lack of worry or anxiety or the amount of peace that they had in a chaotic situation and you wonder to yourself, how was that formed in their life? And you, you kind of start desiring that. Well, disillusionment happens when you have been doing all the things you thought you should be doing to build a happy and meaningful life and that at some point you realize that it's not working. The house is not as enjoyable as you thought it was going to be. The car that had that new car smell is beginning to lose its luster. The new city isn't as romantic as it once was. The new hobby has become the old hobby. The job that you prayed God would give you is now the job you dread going to. The person that you just were dreaming would ask you out is now the person that is sucking the life out of you, right? One of my favorite authors says that God pushes us by disillusioning us with the present mode of life. And oftentimes disillusionment will lead to deconstruction. And Nicodemus, by reaching out to Jesus, was in the process of deconstructing his faith. He went outside the boundaries of his own little tribe and he sought insight from this outsider named Jesus. Deconstruction is about identifying the things that aren't working and ridding them out of your life. 
The prophets in scripture called it the toppling of idols. Whenever the people of Israel removed the idols, then it helped them to enter into the temple so that they could draw near to the presence of God. And so an idol is anything that has taken the place of God in your heart. And you can usually tell what the idols are in your life uh, by looking at your bank account and by looking at your calendar. Where do you give your free time and where do you spend your money? You begin to deconstruct the unhelpful parts of your life. And then after deconstruction is this process of reconstruction. You begin to rebuild a new faith and a new journey with God. And when you start removing the idols and the distractions in your life, it really helps you to begin building a more clear and consistent path back to God. For Jesus, being born again is the process of deconstructing the old and reconstructing a brand new life. Deconstructing the type of life that you built all by yourself and reconstructing a brand new life that you are building with God. Ephesians chapter four, verse 22 through 24 says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by, the lust and by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Nearness to God begins when we are willing to lay aside our old life, so that we can make room for a new life with God. And I wonder what it is today that you think God wants you to let go of as you step into this new year. Maybe it is this secret addiction that you have been hiding and nobody knows about. Maybe it is this secret habit in your life that you wish could be gone but keeps popping itself up whenever life gets stressful. Or maybe it is this unhealthy relationship that you have forced yourself to be in, but you know that this is like a clear obstacle to you developing a healthy relationship with God. Maybe it is this feeling of control that you have over things in your life. Maybe it is insecurity or bitterness or jealousy or unforgiveness. What part of your life do you think God wants you to let go of, to shed as you step into this new year. Did you know that we can only carry so much? And every time that you refuse to let go of something in your life that is a weight that is holding you back, you are already saying no to a future opportunity. Because whatever you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. And so my challenge for you is to look at this passage and to ask ourselves, what ought we let go of? What should we let go of this year so that we can begin to grab onto the things that will produce hope and peace in this next year of life? I wonder where you're at today. I imagine that there are some of you who figured out a long time ago that you need God, but for whatever reason, your faith has maybe been put on a back burner and you have forgotten some of the promise, and maybe today's the day that you need to recommit your life to Jesus, to begin rebuilding some of the old habits, reestablishing some of the spiritual disciplines in your life that you once had, and to recommit to the promise 
that we have in Jesus. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a brand new life has begun. That is the promise that you have, that if you have stepped into faith with God, you are a new creation. You are no longer controlled by some of the old habits and the old thinkings, thinking that has defined your life in the past. But I think there are others of you that are new to this type of conversation. And you're here because you know that there's something more that you're missing to the equation of a meaningful life. Look at what John chapter three, verse 16 and 17 says. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. I want you to know that if this morning you came in disconnected from God, there is a God who's been pursuing you. And it is not by accident that you ended up in this place right here, right now. But it's because he loved you. And that passage said that he loved you so much that he would sacrifice his own son so that you could be brought back into a relationship with him so that you could begin to live a brand new life. And if that's where you're at today, I want to invite you to receive the gift of salvation by praying this simple prayer after me in your heart, wherever you are. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And I want you to pray this prayer if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Dear God, thank you for loving me and for pursuing me. Thank you for giving me a way to connect to you. Thank you for helping me to see that there is a better life than the life that I've built without you. This morning, I want to begin a brand new life with you because what I have done is not working and no matter how much I have, I still feel empty and no matter how much I do, I still feel like I need to do more and I know that at the end of the day, that is not what you have called me to do. That is not why I'm here. Today I receive the gift of salvation and I want to turn from my old life and I want to step into this new life with you. God, would you give me the strength to follow you in the days to come? In Jesus' name, amen.